episode 13 of the Hoop Threads podcast. I'm here with Graham Bowsley, assistant coach at George Washington University. How's it going, Graham? What's up, Aaron? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, great, great to have you on. Uh, I met you VCU, I believe it was 2013 uh, in the summer. I actually took a bus down from upstate New York to work that camp. So that was a, <laughs> the wild ride. I did not have a, a car at the time. Um, so let's, let's talk about how you got started, um, you know, Campbell Hall High School and, you know, talk about playing on those stack teams with, you know, some high level teammates against high level competition. Yeah, I was really lucky. I was, uh, you know, fortunate to be in high school at Campbell Hall. You know, it was, it was a team of basically like seven D1 guys and then me, um, you know, so I was, I was able to, you know, just benefit and practice playing against really good players. And, you know, we were fortunate with uh, Drew and Justin Holiday at the time being on varsity. And then, you know, there were so many other good players. Uh, Joe Ford, who ended up being defensive player of the year at Pacific. Connor Turley, who played over played in uh, Mexico for a long time. So there's just a lot of good players um, that we were able to that play with. And, you know, our team was good. Like, our team was – uh, just all about the right things, all about winning, and just gave me like a great uh, foundation for the rest of my coaching career. And uh, it was nice because we had a bunch of Zoom calls with, you know, pros just to talk to our team. And, you know, Justin was, was, was gracious enough to, right before he went back to the bubble, to uh, get, give his story to our team and just, you know, talk about that kind of stuff and what he learned. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a great time. We were winning a lot. It was hard work, but, you know, I feel like I really benefited from that experience and being in that high level competitive environment, uh, and just being able to play in, in state championship games and stuff like that. It was a great experience. Yeah. Talk about, I guess we got to back up, you know, your love for the game and, you know, how you knew that you wanted to get into coaching one day, like, where did that come from? Yeah, well, I think it's funny because a lot of times, you know, the the basketball stops bouncing at some point. And uh, when I was, you know, competing for playing time with, uh, you know, NBA players, <laughs> I, you know, I knew my, uh, my, my time was going to be running out at some point. And um, it was actually uh, one of the assistant coaches at the, at the time at Campbell Hall. His name's uh, Coach J.J. Prince. He's now the head coach at Viewpoint High School in California, but he kind of put the, that, um, you know, that seed in my head where it was like, Hey, you could be a really good coach, stuff like that. And, uh, we developed a great relationship. I still consider him a mentor to this day, but that, that kind of started, um, you know, my love for coaching and just being around the game. Cause I always loved playing and I always loved being a part of something bigger than myself. And, and that kind of drove me to stay in the game however I could. Got you. Got you. Uh, talk about, you know, the holidays, you know, what values and positive habits got them to where they're at in the NBA? Well, just first of all, just unbelievable, tremendous family. Like their, their foundation was spectacular. Um, Toya being a pro player herself and, and being a, a teacher at Campbell Hall for, you know, 10 some years before they even got there. Uh, and then oh, they couldn't dad, mess around, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was, you know, she was great because they were living in uh, Etiwanda at the time, and she was driving so far to Campbell Hall. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know what distance that is, but it's like over an hour. Mm. She was she was working there for a long time, trying to establish that situation where she could, you know, get them into school because it was such a competitive school to get into, and so. Gotcha. You know, she knew it was a great environment and a great situation. She was trying to, you know, make sure they could get in. But, you know, she, she ends, she's, uh, you know, now the athletic director there. She's uh, pivotal in that, in that sports uh, environment and everything. But, but just like Sean, too, like this, the values they were able to instill in their family and just the, just the way they, they work and, and their level of humility and their faith, like, it's just a tremendous thing to like see the success of all their children because it's just like you just knew it was going to happen just because of you know they had they had great parents raising them uh, and it was a great family. Yeah, for the most part, did you 
were you able to see, you know, these guys are going to go in the league like right away or was it kind of a late bloomer situation, you know, sophomore year, junior year? Well, you know, I, it was pretty easy to tell with Drew and Justin, to be honest. And to some degree, Aaron, I have a funny story about Aaron, but so I remember Drew's first day in uh, practice, we had a, like a zigzag drill and it was like he was on offense and our best player at the time, Joe Ford, was on defense. And Joe Ford was an unbelievable on-ball defender. And, like, Drew was going at him from the first day. He was a freshman. And you just saw this guy's ability to just change the game and change practice. Like, there were times when he would just shut down practice and it was over. Uh, Zach Lowe wrote a great article about it on ESPN. But he was like – like, at the time, we were like, this dude's like, you know – the, one of the best players we've ever, ever seen and we get to play with him. I mean, he, you know, he, he shattered a backboard one time when we were on the road practicing. Like he's, he's got a lot of like legendary stuff to him. Wait, he shattered a backboard at practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he was, we, it was the end of practice and we were playing uh knockout. And uh, this was, this was in the state playoffs at the time. So we were on the road in Northern California and we were playing knockout and, um, you know, he was he was near the end of the game, and it was like only two or three left. And he shot it, and it, it, you know, you play from the top of the key, and he shot it and missed his first shot. And so, you know, somebody else was shooting next, and he was trying to go up quick before the next guy could make his shot. And he jumped up quick and dunked it real hard, and all of a sudden the backboard just shattered. <laughs> and our head coach is looking at like he's looking at the the coat, the athletic director of the school, just like I'm sorry, we'll just we'll figure out how to pay for this. And then we're all like, we're all like grabbing shards of glass, like taking pictures with it. Like this, moment. it was, it was unreal. Yeah. So he's just got like a lot of stuff where like that, where it was just like, you know, if you got him mad in practice, he would just take over like, you know? and he, he was just an unbelievable player at the time who just had like that next let next gear. Um, so it was easy to see with him and Justin, Justin, same way. He, Justin was just, like, developing into his body a little later, so it took him a little longer. Um, but he was always special, too. And then Aaron Aaron was running around in practice when he was, like, I want to say he was, like, nine at the time. Just, like, just, just I mean, he was dribbling all over the place. We were, we were playing one-on-one one time, and he was doing step backs and stuff. I was like, this kid's going to be unreal. So <laughs> it was awesome seeing them. And, um, you know, they worked. I mean, like – you know, they, they got up at 5.30 a.m. They, they did their, their, their lifting uh, regimen. You know, just, Justin would stay after every practice and get shots up with Coach Prince, who I mentioned before. Um, and, you know, it, it's like, you know, yes, they had, like, a great foundation and, and the, you know, the, the bloodlines and stuff like that of two pro players as their parents. But, you know, they, they were really great examples as the best players on our team of, like, what it's supposed to look like like they didn't take practices off like they worked after practice got their stuff in so just great examples of how it's supposed to look gotcha gotcha let's talk about how you ended up at wisconsin you know what was the what was the connection there uh how did, how did you end up out there for a, a cali guy yeah it was wild um most of my family's from wisconsin my aunt and uncle are actually professors there um and my dad went there so i had been going there for a while uh, and it just kind of ended up that uh, that was my best option um, for school because I wanted to find a good engineering school to go to. Um, so uh, that was that was part of my thing. I, w- I wanted to do biomedical engineering at the time. So, wow. um, yeah, so I went there for engineering and, you know, they had a top 25 football and basketball program at the time. You know, they uh, they had just had a lot of success. Um, Alondo Tucker was runner-up player of the year and stuff so it was a great basketball program and you know my coaches encouraged me to try to be a manager for that team because you know it was just such a special program that had a lot of success so I could learn a lot so it was just kind of the best academic and sports situation for me uh, to go to. Gotcha gotcha and I think I read that you didn't you didn't make the cut the first year as a manager. <laughs> yeah. how, how how did you get from that to you know one of the head managers as a senior? Yeah, it was yeah. So I did yeah. I interviewed 
my first year and it, you know, after all their, their success, I think they, you know, coming off a couple of big 10 championships, there were like literally hundreds of applications. And in the big 10, like each uh, big 10 program has like 10 plus managers. Um, you know, our assistant uh, Nemo Midvar was at Maryland. He can kind of tell you a little <laughs> bit more, but it's like, yeah, it's just a competitive situation. And uh, you know, I interviewed and I, you know, I, I hadn't really interviewed for anything before, I guess, but I just like didn't do a good job. And, you know, they were like, you know, you didn't get hired. So um, I was like doing a lot of different things like engineering and stuff like that at the time. And I tried to, you know, kind of shrug it off and I was maybe going to go in a different direction. But that summer when I was working at UCLA basketball camp for uh, Doug Erickson, who's, you know, he, he's got one of the biggest coaching trees in college basketball quietly. I think there was a, LA Times article about him but you know I really like rediscovered like my love for basketball and coaching and it was kind of like you know I had to I had to pursue this because it was just like this burning fire inside of me where I just couldn't like be without this like feeling and and like that purpose again so um, after UCLA camp that summer uh, Doug you know kind of recommended me to the operations guy at Wisconsin at the time and that helped me get the get the student manager job that next time around and then I just work my way up gotcha gotcha yeah you guys had some stacked teams there I mean lost the cues to the buzzer in the sweet 16 uh one of the most underrated cosplayers of all time Jordan Taylor uh, I loved his game you know uh, Bruss Gasser Bergen and then you were actually there uh Kaminsky's freshman year right and Trevion Jackson and Jared Uthoff um Talk about being around that talent and uh, what made Bo Ryan successful. Yeah, I mean, you had to throw that cute buzzer beater in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh, it was an unbelievable experience, and I learned uh, so much from not only the players but also Coach Ryan. Just you know, really just trying to observe and take as many notes as I could because you know he had such an established way of doing things, and you know I was just trying to be a sponge really and just like write down like every word he said while I was doing my job and practice. And, you know, I'd be like wiping up sweat or grab a rebound. And then I'd leave after practice and I just write down on my notebook, everything I could remember. Um, and then, and then, yeah, just, just the, just the players were spectacular. I mean, Jordan Taylor was an unbelievable worker. He was a guy that was in the gym three times a day in the summer you know, he, I would always be the guy like eager to rebound for him. And he, you know, we really developed a great relationship um, during that time. And, and, you know, I, I really respected, uh, you know, not only his ability to, to hit clutch shots and, and do all those things, but just, just his work ethic and how he carried himself, you know, use, you know, that's what, that's what, what at Wisconsin, that's what we always harped on and, and, you know, Coach Guard always talked about when I was leaving, like, you're going to remember, like, the character of our players. And it was true. Like, they were they were all, like, consummate class acts. And, and just the way we worked um, really led to our success. And I really took that to heart uh, being in that program. And, uh, you know, I really carry that to this day. Gotcha. Yeah, you went from, from one stack program to another. Uh, you know, you ended up at VCU. Um, with a ridiculous coaching staff, which we'll get to in a second. How did you, you know, get connected with Coach Smart in that position? Yeah, so um, my senior year, I didn't really know how to go about the next step. I knew there weren't GAs at Wisconsin, so I just, I just emailed, like, hundreds of schools. I, I made, like, a little list of D1, D2, D3, you know, JUCO, all these things. I just made a list of places I wanted to work at. And I was just emailing, sending letters the whole year and uh, didn't get a lot of responses, got some that I still remember. And, um, you know, at the end of it, uh, you know, VCU, uh, this, uh, Dave Maturo, who was, I don't know if you met him at the camp, but he was, he was a GA at the time. He's now an assistant at, um, at Randolph-Macon. And he was like, he responded to me, my email to VCU and kind of helped me you know, connect with coaching staff. And then I talked to Donnie Lind, who's now an assistant at Radford. And then from there, uh, I went back to the coaching staff in Wisconsin. I was like, hey, look, like I got some feedback from them. Like they want me 
for a second interview, like, do you guys know any of these guys? And Coach Paris, uh, who's now the head coach at Chattanooga, he was actually a pretty good friend of uh, Coach Smart and had worked with him at Akron. And he kind of, you know, called him and vouched for me. And that really helped me in the next step uh, to get on at VCU. And uh, they already kind of had their GAs at the time, but I was able to, you know, kind of work through that summer in the hopes that I would get like a GA position there. And uh, I was just lucky that Greg Golden left and I was able to get that, that GA spot. Got you, got you. Yeah, that was a stacked staff. So David Harris, Mike Rhodes, Jeremy Ballard, Will Wade, Mike Morrell, Jesse Bob, Dwight Perry. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of lot of uh, a lot of great coaches. And Coach Christian actually had just left when I had gotten there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just yeah. Coach Smart had an unbelievable staff, and uh, you know, it's a tribute to kind of his ability to mentor not only players, but also staff members, just with the amount of coaches he's, he's able to, to have and be successful. Yeah. Um, talk about coming to, you know, a mid-major like VCU after that historic run. I think it was either a year removed or two years removed uh, from that final forum. So talk about, like, kind of capitalizing on that excitement and that momentum. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, was, it was a great environment because, um, you know, it – it was a it was a whole nother level of like just toughness and grit and like working like I remember getting there and you know at the time it was Franklin Street gym and uh you know there's no AC in it it's like an old rec center and like you know it's just like we we practiced in there you know we were going hard for as long as we could you know and then guys would come up and come back and shoot on their own and it just this culture that coach smart established was just all about just work and being enthusiastic about it and being appreciative of you know your opportunity to even be there because we had a lot of guys that were looked over or not recruited by other schools and uh you know coach smart even with that success in the final four it was like a situation where it was like them against the world right like they were the they were the last one in and they ended up getting to the final four so that kind of stuck with them and, and that's what the program was about just being the underdog working like you're the underdog every day and, and that led to a lot of our success gotcha gotcha what's you know you just spoke about recruiting what's you know maybe something that you picked up from coach smart about evaluating talent and you know filtering through you know certain guys to decide you know who who needs to a scholarship offer you know yeah i mean i think it's great because um what I learned from Coach Smart in that program and just, I mean, obviously there's so many staff members and, you know, Coach Christian still kind of keeps this to this day, but you just kind of had to have your own evaluation system. Like it's not really about the rankings necessarily. It's like, you know, how does this guy fit what you want to do in your program? And like, you know, how do your coaches mesh with him and those kind of things. And that's, that was a, that was a lot of it a motivating factor for a lot of our our guys. I mean, we had, you know, when I was there, we we ended up having guys three pros on the team, and like you know, Travion Graham was you know he was a good player at Riken, but he was kind of overlooked in terms of the amount of scholarship offers he had, and you know, Briante Weber, same thing, and Troy Daniels, same thing. So you know those. That, that Coach Smart used that as a huge motivator, um, but also those guys fit him, you know, that he was able to coach them and connect with them. And I think that's kind of the number one thing is just like the connection you can have with the coaches and, and just your, you know, it's, it's about the other things rather than, you know, just the face value. I'm number 91 in the country or whatever. Got you. Got you. Is that also where you, you know, right now at GW, one of your biggest roles is being the offensive coordinator. Is that kind of where you started to, you know, where those wheels started turning and you, you know, you picked up a lot of the Intel and a lot of the knowledge that, you know, that, that dream team coaching staff uh, <laughs> parted to you. Yeah, no, I, it was great because coach smart, um, you know, he really helped me a lot and really like went out of his way to kind of mentor me and teach me things. And I, you know, I was able to, as a GA, I was kind of like helping out Coach Ballard at the time with just the the offensive stuff, 
I was doing a lot of data analytics things. Uh, that's where we started this. I mean, there's a lot of different ways people use it, but shot quality, we had our own metric for that. Um, doing the offensive efficiency of, of our plays. And yeah, that's where kind of I really fell in love with, you know, just the offensive side of it. And uh, Coach Mark connected me with Coach Christian at the Final Four, who was like the offensive coordinator for their uh, CAA championship team. And then we had stayed in touch, but you know, that coach Mark could, I guess maybe he, you know, inspired me to do the, take this on or whatever, but I've always kind of been on the offensive side and loving all that kind of, that, that kind of stuff. So that's where it started for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the next job was, you know, the director of basketball ops at Rice, you know, you followed Mike Rhodes there from VCU. Um, you know, talk about the responsibilities you had within that role. Uh, yeah, I mean, Coach Rhodes was a great mentor to me as well. And, and that operations job was like, it was like being a manager on steroids, I think. Because, <laughs> you know, it was a rebuilding situation. And I worked really closely with Coach Rhodes um, at the time just to, try to get everything to where it was a winning program. And uh, it, it was – honestly, it was one of the toughest roles in my life because it's like, you know, the head coach is like the head coach of the team in basketball, and then the operations person is like the head coach of everything else. So, you know, managing all that stuff, uh, you know, at 25 when I hadn't done it before, uh, I feel like it, it really helped me and really um, – you know, kind of prepared me for the future because, you know, you just have to be on all the time and you have to be really detail oriented. And, you know, if it's not right, Coach Rhodes is going to let you know. And it, it was a great experience for me. And I, it, I think, I think it really helped me. And I, I really, you know, I, we have a staff, Coach Christian jokes about it all the time, but at GW, we have a staff of, of people that have all been operations people before. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you, it's kind of the, you know, paying your dues proving ground. Yeah. Uh, it's a great uh, preparation for that next step. Got you. Talk about being a full-time staffer versus, you know, and, and not having to deal with, you know, the added time that goes into being in graduate school. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, full-time staffer versus graduate school. It's funny because when we were GAs, we worked around the clock regardless, even though we had school. <laughs> so uh, I don't think it was that different for me. Okay. Uh, in terms of like, you know, I still spent all my free time working for the program. Um, now I was in charge of more things as the operations person. So that was, uh, that was difficult. But yeah, that jump was more about, you know, as a GA and as a part-time staffer, you're, you're just given certain responsibilities. You just got to do those well. And usually they're like projects working on your own. Whereas like when you're the operations person, it's like, you're not really doing like you're just making sure everybody else does their job and how can you motivate these guys to do that for you when you know if it's like the facilities guy that doesn't want to roll out the baskets that day or whatever like <laughs> a lot of it's a lot of different aspects to it so I think that was the biggest change gotcha and then last on on, on the rice thing if you have a good scheduling story I gotta hear it because I hear so many stories about you know, how much time it takes and, you know, the negotiations and, you know, it's just a lot of work sometimes. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was, it was great. I don't know if I have a specific like uh, story in terms of, you know, I was able to secure like a team. I would just, honestly, I would give a lot of credit to uh, coach Scott Perez, the head coach at, at Rice now, just for helping me kind of learn and navigate the scheduling aspect of it because he was a great mentor to me in that way. And, you know, he, it, we kind of worked together where I would do a lot of the legwork and he would kind of explain to me like, well, we want to get this team, this team, this team, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm sure coach Para has wild stories, but I don't necessarily have anything crazy. I mean, I think the wildest scheduling story was, um, you know, just us signing up in, at Mount St. Mary's, um, and, and our non-conference schedule there, that was, a, that was a big jump. So. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Um, and you know, the next move was Mount St. Mary's and, uh, and, uh, Sienna with, with coach Christian. So just in general, kind of between the two, what are some of the first things that you do as a staff, you know, together, 
to, to create that connection and, and that synergy. I hate that buzzword, but that synergy uh, as a staff and, you know, also getting connected with, you know, the campus community and alumni network. Yeah, at, well, at Mount, it's just a real close-knit community. And I think uh, our staff, how we connected, well, we, I mean, most of us lived together, like Julian Bodner, who's a assistant at CAA, or excuse me, in the CAA at William & Mary now, mm -hmm. and uh, us two in the, in the GA at the time, we all lived in a house in Emmitsburg. And then Will Holland, who's still at Mount St. Mary's, he lived like down the street. So we were, we were all kind of the same age, and we were just like playing pickup all the time and just kind of staying in the gym because we were all just like younger guys. So it was easy for us to connect because, you know, even though those guys were much uh, leaps and bounds uh, better players than I was, it was just fun just being around a staff like similar to – when I was a graduate assistant where we were all just, you know, the same age, just playing basketball and stuff like that. Pick up with other coaches is phenomenal because there's actually like off ball, off ball movement. And if you yell at someone <laughs> about defense, they're not going to take it personally. It's great. Yeah. There's like um, so many more pin downs and stuff like that. <laughs> so much more elaborate. Um, your, your two years at Mount St. Mary's were coach Christian's most successful. What were some keys to that success? Well, I think, I was fortunate to get there at the right time. Uh, you know, we had, uh, previous to when I got there, um, Ben Wilkins and Donnie Lind really did a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of recruiting great players. And, um, you know, it, it was a great team that I just happened to walk into, you know what I mean? With all of us, with Coach Bodner and Coach Holland, we were all, that was all of our first years. It was a whole new staff. And it was just it was just great uh, talent level coming in, and Coach Christian was in his fourth year. You know, you know he got he he kind of had his system at that point, and yeah, it was just kind of I think a big part of our success was not only our ability to to work and you know and we really bought into Coach Christian because it was our first time as assistant coaches, so we our buy-in was tremendous, but also just the talent level of the players too and just the way we were just all focused on the team winning and you know we were just all bought into that and we just you know that alignment and that buy-in is just a powerful thing and when your whole staff is just all about that with talented guys and good things happen for sure let's talk about gw where you're at now um what's something you didn't know about dc before you moved here man i mean when I was when I was at Mount St. Mary's, whenever I got the chance to come down here and, and recruit it all, you know, I was like, man, I just hope I can live here someday. And then, you know, we end up <laughs> Coach Christian ends up getting the GW job and, and and you know tells me right away he got it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Because I just always wanted to live uh, you know, in DC, as we like to say it's the world's most powerful city. And uh it's, you know, I mean there's not too many bad things about it. You just like, I just love being in such like a metropolitan area with, you know, endless opportunities and just, just being around that kind of activity uh, is just, is just special. And just not only the city, but just the school is just such a great academic institution, great staff. So it's just, yeah, I was, I was lucky. I was like, man, I hope I can live there one day. And then I ended up getting lucky enough to do it. So. Awesome. It all, it all panned out there. Taking stuff off the head coach's plate is important for, for assistant coaches at the college level. So talk about your roles um, on staff. Um, mainly, I think you work with, you know, skill development and as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My main uh, responsibilities, uh, offensive coordinator, you know, just aiding coach Christian um, with, you know, play call suggestions, uh, keeping a lot of information uh, throughout the season uh, on what works, what doesn't work, things like that. And uh, skill development, you know, in season, out of season, trying to find things that players can do better, things we can refine um, and organizing all that stuff. And Coach Christian now is having me really focus on trying to create more content in terms of 
um, you know, adding to, you know, he has, he has his leadership enhancement plan, but just challenging me to really bring in a lot of ideas in terms of um, outside things, books, um, podcasts, just other things we can really use to enrich the student athlete experience for these guys. And that's, you know, those are, those are kind of my main focuses right now. Got you. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. The, uh, the, the, the leadership program that he's put into place, you know, talk about the curriculum and everything that goes into that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tremendous. I think uh, the, the heart of it is just, you know, preparing these guys to become leaders not only in college for, you know, obviously for our basketball team, but also, you know, when they leave here, you know, GW's mission is to change the world, you know, one person at a time. So we, we really want to make sure that these guys, when they leave us, are really leaders in their community, really leaders in their profession, whether they're playing basketball or not, and just making an impact um, in the world. And, and, and a lot of that leadership enhancement plan is not only cementing our program's values and, and really getting them to understand like what a GW basketball player and student athlete looks like, but also helping them find their own voice and helping them find who they are as a, as a young man and, uh, and just allowing them to have their voice and, and solidify their identity while they're on our team. Awesome. Um, talk about how important accountability is, you know, with your players, especially offensively. Cause you know, I read that you grade every possession and every player, you know, on the spacing and timing, are you in the right spot? Is it the right shot? You know, is it the shot we wanted? Um, talk about how important it is to hold them accountable while also not like, you know, while still being, you know, their coach, their mentor, their friend. Yeah. Well, coach Christian always says, uh, love is accountability and accountability is love. It's like our main thing in our locker room. And, uh, you know, that's, it, it starts with love and it ends with love. Um, so, but, you know, if, if I'm not holding you accountable to not only the program's values, but also your goals and what you say you want, then I'm not showing you that I care about you. So that, that's the main thing we try to do. And, and specifically offensively, you know, we just have, you know, a great, we, we just need everybody doing what they do best. Um, and, and them continuing to expand their games um, as much as possible. And so, you know, what we're able to do with the way we work and, you know, the way that, you know, Coach Christian tasks us to really go over each possession with great detail really allows these guys um, to just grow into their role and expand their role and gain their understanding of, you know, not only offense, but defense and, and whatever, you know, we have an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator and special teams, but it just helps them gain an understanding and, and gain their game as a player more quickly. And that's why we've had, you know, Coach Christian's had such great success with young players is because, you know, they usually figure it out very quickly. Like a lot of times we don't have to wait till a guy's senior year to figure out what player he is. You know, you know, we're playing – talented guys you know early and they're able to figure it out so um it's going to add you know as as we go on in a program and just the way we work we're just going to have a great level of competition in the roster and a great talent level um to just be successful and I think a lot of that accountability which you're talking about is just making sure that these guys are always working and trying to be the best version of themselves rather than measuring themselves against other guys. And that's kind of the purpose of how we work and how we grade each possession and how we look at the game where it's, it's about the process. It's not about how many points you score. It's how efficient were you? Did you, did you do your job? Did you, were you in the right spots all the time? Were you being a great teammate? Those kind of things. I think that's kind of what, what our program's about. Gotcha. With the uh, the grading and stuff, is that just kind of like a 15-minute film session that, you know, you guys clip out and then you show to the players or you, you have them do it on their own? Like, how does that – what does that look like? Yeah, so our, our process is um, we, we grade 
our side of the ball or our specific area uh, after each game and after each practice. So, you know, we're going whatever we went live in practice and, and obviously the game possessions. We're going each possession and we're grading uh, each player on specific process goals. You know, some of those include communication, timing, uh, and getting who and what we want. So getting, you know, what do we want to get out of that yeah. play? And so we're grading them on those type of things. And when we do that for each possession, we're able to get a percentage for them of how much they did the, pro- the process things on each player, each possession. And so through sports code, after we, after we clip all that up, you know, not only do we get a number for that game, you know, they were 75% on execution, but also we're able to watch their clips with them the next day. And we watch a lot of film individually. So, you know, we'll watch some team film, but the guys will come through the office and spend, like you said, 15 to 20 minutes individually with the assistant, just going over each possession, not only, you know, their things they could have done, could have done better, but also their positive things and what they did well. Um, and so, you know, they're watching that and, and, and if you're watching that stuff within that framework and that structure of the process and, and trying to do things right, and then just shooting a great shot or making a great pass, like these guys really get better quickly because they're not worried about stuff they can't control. And I think that really helps them develop. Yep. Let's talk about the actual roster. Um, it seems like you guys have put a real emphasis on recruiting the DMV um, and you've had, you know, a good amount of success doing that. Um, and you've also had success doing that in the transfer portal. So kind of talk about your roster, um, you know, whether or not that was intentional and, you know, what you think of this roster going forward. Yeah. Well, coach Christian always tasks us with uh, really making sure we have great uh, local relationships and we're really doing a great job in the DMV. You know, he really, considers that one of the best basketball areas in the nation. And, you know, his track record is he's always recruited great DMV players, whether it's Mount St. Mary's or Siena or here. And that's a big emphasis. And and another emphasis we have is just, you know, trying to create uh, just, just a genuine relationship while we're recruiting a player. So, you know, in our recruitment, we really try to create a, a transformational relationship rather than a transactional relationship where, you know, we're recruiting somebody and, you know, even if they don't choose us, you know, it was a positive experience and a positive relationship for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, those are the main things Coach Christian looks for in recruiting. And I think that's helped us be successful in the DMV not only with Coach Christian's long-standing ties, and obviously we have a great staff, and 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 Nemo Midvar and Ryan Devlin have developed great relationships locally throughout their years of coaching. Um, but you know, I think it's it's also a tribute just to you know our system and how we recruit, and you know we're we're team recruiting. Everybody's trying to develop this relationship. So you, I think, as a recruit, you really feel like so invested in the program and and like you develop a relationship where it's not necessarily just about basketball or just about, you know, maybe I'm going to get the opportunity to play right away, which is, you know, has been a a thing sometimes, but you know, that's, those are kind of the main things and just developing that genuine relationship with the coaches and uh, the players in the area. I think it's been a huge benefit and, and it's helped us, uh, create a great roster going forward. Absolutely. Um, let's talk real quick about, you know, that on that, re- to that recruiting end, um, you're not always going to be the student athlete's first choice and vice versa. Um, how do you manage, you know, that, that elephant in the room, so to speak? Yeah, I think it's, it's different because, you know, when you're starting something, you're trying to sell like the vision of what it could be. Mm -hmm. And we don't really necessarily get caught up in 
you know, maybe this guy has a dream of going to a different school. Yeah. We just really try to develop that relationship and really see like what they want out of their college experience. And, you know, if they want someone that's going to love them, but hold them accountable at the same time to be their best, if they want, uh, you know, a coaching staff and a program that's going to try to make sure they develop as a student athlete and a basketball player. Um, and, and just kind of specific things they're looking for, you know, whether or not we're on the top of their list initially based on level of play or uh, things like that, you know, we're, we're able to be successful, I think, regardless. And, um, you know, that's why you see our roster has, has developed to be great, but also, you know, it, it's just, you know, coach Christian kind of takes the lead with this is you just can't like worry about the things you can't control. So, you know, we don't really get caught up in the, in the race, so to speak. We're just trying to recruit each guy and just try to develop a genuine relationship and, you know, just, just really trying to create those expectations. Like, what are you looking for? Oh, well, this is what we're about. It's not for everybody, but you know, if you want these things, then we're a great fit for you. Got you. Sometimes you're returning talent, here's footsteps when a new class comes in. How do you manage, you know, those conversations with those players, you know, while still being open to like, yo, this is a competition? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, I think the way we structure our program it's about being the best, best version of yourself and try to really create a situation where you're just working to develop yourself as a basketball player and as a student and, and in all areas of your life. And I think because of that, you know, there is, there is great talent on the roster and obviously so many, diff, so many, only so many guys can play, but I think when guys trust the staff and trust what the program's doing and, and see that there's, a plan for them to be successful, you know, I don't think they necessarily worry about, you know, who's this guy coming in or who's, who's next to me, because I think if you're a great player, you want to be pushed. So if you're, if you're going to be around, you're going to have to be around other great players every day in order for that to happen. So I think if as an older guy in our program, you would relish the fact that we were adding adding great talent to the roster because that just makes you better and gives you a new competition level. And, you know, if you're a younger guy, obviously you think you're going to beat somebody out, but you know, you, you're, you're always competitive, but just with the understanding that there's a trust and there's a plan for me to be successful as a player at George Washington. Gotcha. What are some team goals for this season? Do you have those set out chat or? Well, I mean, we, we don't really necessarily have specific goals for each season. You know, our, our mission is to do something that's never been done. And mm -hmm. we want to, we want to win a national championship at GW. So mm -hmm. that's the, that's the primary goal. Um, in, uh, besides, you know, just, just trying to create the best version of yourself and, you know, be intentional with our connections and, and trying to develop as a basketball player and as a person. So, you know, we don't necessarily have like a specific goal offensively. Like typically we're one of the best pick and roll teams in the nation. Typically we shoot the most threes in our conference, but we're not necessarily, that's not necessarily a, like a number that we're trying to hit. That's just kind of how we play and how our, our the byproduct yeah. Yeah, stuff is structured. So. Got you. Got you. Um, you guys had GW360, which was a conference about, you know, minority coaches, you know, getting involved and, you know, just different support staff and, you know, all those roles. And it was it was a great conference just to learn. You know, you guys had a lot of a lot of great names on there. Um, talk about putting that together and then um, what you guys are doing with your players on a day to day basis. You know, now that they're not on campus, you got to be kind of creative and how you communicate with them and keep that relationship going. For sure. I mean, GW360 is Coach Christian's brainchild, and it, it's a phenomenal uh, platform, and we see that uh, continuing going forward. Just, just being able to to mentor 
people from underrepresented backgrounds and create this platform where, you know, we can provide this education to people, you know, that aren't necessarily like right in our program and we can help, help answer questions and share, you know, things we've learned and, and, uh, and other people can share things they've learned. And, uh, you know, coach Christian did a tremendous job, uh, with just, creating that vision and then you know the whole staff especially uh coach Nemo Midbar just did a great job of really working at it to to fully actualize that that dream and and you know I think we had a great success with that one day uh just the level of speakers that were on uh just how can candid everybody was about the challenges they have faced and are facing um and we just we're just excited to continue to uh, grow that platform in years to come and, you know, create that situation where we can uh, be great mentors to people outside of our program. Gotcha. For sure. Uh, lastly, let's just kind of talk about you. Um, when did you know you had made it and what are your parents most proud of when it comes to you and your career? Well, I don't know if I've made it yet. You know, I'm always trying to work and improve. I think, um, you know, I'm very fortunate and lucky to have the mentors that I've had in the past and just the programs I've been able to work for and the people I've been able to learn from. And I, I'm still learning to this day. You know, Coach Christian challenges all of us to try to continue to improve and like like the players just just continue to get better and, and continue to um, improve yourself and your mindset and your knowledge and your ability to connect and, and those things so he's I, I've been you know trying to look at not only what we can do better internally and try to create those intentional connections with our players but just constantly watching and reading and and looking at outside sources of information in, in the NBA and college basketball, but also things not related to the NBA, you know, historical stuff, books, things like that. So podcasts. Um, so those are the things I guess that keep me humble and allow me to continue to improve. And, and uh, you know, I, I just, I just want to try to create, a situation where I can keep getting better every day. And that's kind of my goal. Cool. Cool. Uh, last two questions. So when you walk into a gym, kind of what does your process look like? This is selfish. Cause I, I'm just looking <laughs> pick up, you know, how you evaluate and, uh, and, and look at talent during, you know, different events and during games. Yeah. I mean, I think coach Christian does a great job of giving us the vision and the platform for what, what he wants in each player. And I think that's the number one thing he's done a great job at is just making it uh, simple for us to try to bring in players that he wants and that, that will be successful and that can connect with him. So I think, you know, our process of evaluation is a little bit different. We do a lot of legwork on the front end. You know, we're talking to a lot of different people about one guy. Um, and we're watching a lot of film. You know, we're, we're getting as many high school games, AU games as we can mm -hmm. to break down uh, and watching them all as a staff. And, you know, Coach Christian's specific vision, and we do this in recruiting when we talk to a player, is like, you know, we break down our roster in terms of the position descriptions. And I think that really helps them understand how they fit into our offense and defense and system and also just allows them to help understand how the team's constructed. So we really use that uh, primarily when we're evaluating and, and we'll get a lot of data. You know, you'll see us at games taking a lot of notes on shots, where their shots come from, their stats, how they're interacting with their teammates. So it's, it's a lot of, you know, I wish I could – maybe boil it down to something really simple, but I think it's more so just collecting that all that data over time and just really doing your due diligence 
to make sure the guy's the exact right fit for not only the position but for the program. And I think that's kind of our focus, watching watching a guy throughout the game and then when he's walking over to his teammates and his coaches and all those kind of things that don't necessarily show up on the box score, I think are super important in our evaluation process. All right. So what's an underrated food spot in the DMV? Ooh, well, <laughs> there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. You know, I, I don't know if I have all the answers here. I mean, <laughs> if, if, you know, there's a lot of cuisines here as well. I, I'm a big fan of uh, Indigo. It's an Indian food restaurant, so I really like that spot. Um, you know, our guys love, uh, you know, burger spots, so places like Bobby's Burgers and stuff like that. You know, those are, those are great places. Um, but I, I, don't necessarily, I don't know if I have, like, a food truck specifically for you, but I do, <laughs> I do love Indigo as, a, as an Indian joint, so I like that place a lot. That's valid. That's valid. All right. Just you know, sell me. You know, and, and what's your elevator speech to a recruit? You know, thirty seconds or less about G. And what makes it great? I mean, I think just coming to GW is just about becoming the best version of yourself. And if you want to find a situation where you know you're cared for as a as a person and not just a basketball player, but you're also held accountable to your dreams and goals and and, and, you know, kind of your vision of being the best version of yourself, then GW is a great spot for that. It's just a tremendous school, and there's just a whole group of people that are just here focused on you being the best version of yourself and us, you know, succeeding as a team. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, you, you have the floor. Is there anything you want to you wanna talk about or anything else you want to say? <laughs> Well, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, I, I am extremely fortunate to be in this position. And thank you, Aaron, for giving me time and our friendship uh, throughout the years. But, you know, I would just say that I'm, I'm lucky to be where I'm at. And I'm very fortunate to work with the people I work with and work for Coach Christian, who I think has been a tremendous mentor to me. And I'm, I'm just excited to get back playing basketball whenever we can uh, during these times and, uh, you know, excited for whenever the players can get back on campus so we can continue to connect with those guys. Get to business, yeah. All right, well, looking looking forward to seeing you on the sidelines this season rocking the, the white Adidas that you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Always keep it fresh. All right, man, take it easy. Stay safe. All right, thanks, Aaron. All right.